you the glory for bringing us out of it. You deserve all of the glory. You deserve all of the glory. You deserve all of the honor. We freely give it to you this morning. Father, we just thank you for being so good to us. We know that every good and perfect gift comes down from above, comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So everything good in our life has come from you, and we give you the glory for it. And so now, Father God, we ask and we thank you that your presence is here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Move up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. We know that the Holy Spirit is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And so every burden must be removed and every yoke must be destroyed because of the anointing. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Be glorified in this service. As we give this summer to you to open up windows and open up room and space for you to have free course in our services, be glorified. And as always, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will manifest in this service. In Jesus' name, everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Come on, everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. I just want to make the devil mad. Can we give our good God, can we give him a great praise today? in case you don't know I want to make sure that you know God has been better to you than the praise you just gave him just in case you didn't know that he's been far greater than you and far better than you to you than the praise you just gave him and so I want to open up another window for you just to give the greatest God that we have ever known. Come on, the best father. Come on, let's give the best father the best praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we have one more song on there, but it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm really going to shoot for this clock in this service so that people can, you all can get your weekend started and get out there and enjoy your families. I want you to love on someone today. Just really shake their hand, speak life into them, whatever God leads you to do. But be kind to someone that's near you today. Thank you, music department. Hey, you deserve it all. Praise God. Then once you're done, you can be seated. We're going to start a, a new series today. Really, I'm giving this entire summer to the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to learn all aspects of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost this summer. 
Just let him have free course. This is a spirit-filled church where we believe in miracles, signs, wonders, healings. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to talk about them and not give them an opportunity to have full expression in our services. I just want to put you all on notice that God is good. And he's a good father. So let's start. The Spirit-filled believer. You want to follow along today? The best way is in the YouVersion Bible app. Just go to the events section. Click on Linked Up Church if you don't have the app, download it. The outline is right there. All of the first-time visitors were like, thank you, Pastor. That just made following the service so easy. So we took a lot of the work out. But there's still areas for you to take notes, put your own notes in there. Of course, I'll give you a lot more than what's on that outline today. But we made it simple for you so that you can get it all, go home, and study it for yourself. So you'll notice on that outline, there's an opening statement. And that opening statement says, salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit then it asks a question, are these two different experiences? Salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Next statement there says, many people don't believe that these are two different experiences. They believe you have all of the Holy Spirit you'll ever have at salvation. So their argument is, when I gave my life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came on the, to live on the inside of me, that's really all I'll ever need. So let's kind of walk through the, the scriptures and let's let the scriptures educate us and let's draw all of our conclusions and our belief systems from the word of God. And so letter A on your outline, what did Jesus have to say about these two experiences? At the end of the day, he's the one I want to hear from the most. I mean, I thank God for Paul and all the other writers. But I want to pay very close attention to what Jesus had to say about these two experiences. So both texts that I'll read today, red letter editions. So this is Jesus himself speaking. So let's look at what he had to say here. Let's go to let, uh, John chapter 14, uh, and let's begin reading at verse 15. What did Jesus have to say about these two experiences? John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, Keep my commandments. Now, I mean, only Jesus can define how to love him. Right? So a lot of people can say, I love Jesus, but we have to love him based off of how he defines it, not how we define it. I know in a marriage, my wife is the only one that can really define how to love her. I can think I'm loving her, but if I don't have her definition of love, I mean, I can be missing the mark. You all out there? Right? So he says, if you love me, what will you naturally do? You'll keep my word, right? So if you love me, keep my commandments. Then he says, and I will pray the Father. So and is a conjunction word. So he's saying, if you love me, you're going to keep my word. And as a result of you loving me through my word, through your obedience to my word, I'm going to pray to the Father for you. I don't know about you. I love when you all pray for me, but I love it even more when Jesus prays for me. He says, I personally will go and pray to the Father. Well, what are you going to pray to the Father? Notice what he says here, that he will give you another helper. The King James Version says another comforter. So notice he cannot use the word another unless what he is describing is the same as what they've already had. 
So while Jesus was on the earth, how many of you know he was their helper? He was their comforter. They didn't need the Holy Spirit because they had Jesus. So he said, I'm getting ready to leave, but I'm going to go and I'm going to pray to the Father that he'll give you another one just like myself. The Greek word there for helper or comforter there is parakletos, and it means advocate. It means called alongside to help. I want you to know you are not out here by yourself. You have all the help you will ever need, and his name is the Holy Spirit. If you're running around saying, I don't have anybody to help me, you don't realize what's living on the inside of you. If the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, you have too much help. One of the first things he says here is he's called to help you. So we want to let the Holy Spirit help us. How do we do that? By acknowledging him in all of our ways, by spending time in the Word of God, by spending time in prayer. Now let's continue to read here. He will help us that he may abide. That word abide means to remain, to dwell, to live in you or with you forever. Forever is a key word there. Forever is describing eternal life. So he's now talking about this Holy Spirit will be in you and he's going to be with you, but he's going to be with you forever. Okay? Remember that. Let's keep reading. It goes on to say here in verse 17, the spirit of truth. So now that's a descriptive term. Now he's starting to tell you what his role is in your life. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and, the, and he's described as the spirit of truth, I mean, if you have the spirit of truth, then the devil can't lie to you. Right? Well, well how do I know I have the spirit of truth? You got to go back to what he said at the beginning of this text. Right? If you keep my commandments, you love me when you keep my commandments. I mean, oh, the word and the spirit will always agree. Right? So the more word I know, the more the Holy Spirit can lead me to truth. And the less the devil will be able to deceive me. All right? So it describes him as the spirit of truth. Then listen to this language, whom the world cannot receive. So this is not for the world. This is for his children, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him nor knows him, has no relationship with him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be what? So now he's talking about this spirit of truth, this helper. Where does he live? On the inside of you. And he lives on the inside of you forever. Remember that, okay? Key terms. Now let's go to Acts chapter 1. So in John chapter 14, Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit. Can we all agree on this? In the new birth experience. When a person gets saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Key words there are forever, right? Inside, world cannot receive, does not know him. So now we're talking about an experience, something that we receive at salvation or at the new birth. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, red letter edition. Let's begin reading at verse 5. Jesus again is speaking. He says, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now you'll notice, you'll see the word baptized used twice in that text. Both times it is a Greek word, baptizo, which literally means to be fully wet, it means to be submerged. 
right? So in both cases, he said, John truly baptized with water. He truly did that. And so true biblical water baptism is for your entire external body to get wet. I mean, really nothing is happening on the inside when you get water baptized. Water does not save you. Water baptism is an outward sign of an inward grace of salvation. Is that accurate? Notice the very next statement he says here, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So what is he talking about then? It's a comparison there to what he referred to about being water baptized. I mean, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, he comes over your entire body. You get fully immersed and smeared on by the Holy Ghost when he comes on you. He does not just come on your hands. Come on, somebody. He does not just come on your, your head. It is a full immersion into the Holy Spirit, right? And you literally become something that you were not before. It comes on you to do things that you can't ordinarily do by yourself. All right? Follow me now. So now, water baptism is an outward sign of an inward grace of salvation. So to be water baptized, I have to be first saved. Is that accurate? To be filled with the Holy Spirit or to have the Holy Spirit come upon you, you must be first saved. Hey, remember that. How many of you know there are a lot of people out here saying they're full of something? But it ain't the Holy Spirit. It ain't holy at all. Let's just keep going right here. <laughs> all right, now let's keep reading here. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. This word power here is a Greek word dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite. And it literally means force. So there's a force that is going to come upon you. It means miraculous power. It means miraculous ability. It means abundance. It means worker of miracles. It means power. It means strength. It means violence. And it will enable you to do a mighty work. Somebody say, I'll take that. All right. So he says, you shall receive dunamis after the Holy Spirit. Notice it does not say comes on the inside of you. It says what? Comes upon you. So then obviously these are two different experiences. One is within, one is upon, right? Then let's keep reading here. And you shall, once again, descriptive here, kind of gives you one of the first works of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit coming upon you. You shall be witnesses to me. I like to say it this way. The Holy Ghost comes upon you to help you live right before God. Then as a result of your living right before God, when you testify to other people, your life can look just like his while you're testifying. I mean, you know, it kills our testimony when we don't live what we're testifying about. So it's really to be a witness to him. And then he says, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria. Well, what was Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the capital of the nation. Judea was the southern city in the nation. 
Samaria was the center city in the nation. So now he's given strategy here for the Holy Ghost. How many know you've got to win home first? We can't talk about Smyrna and Austell and, and Dallas and Lithia Springs until we win Powder Springs. Right? So he says, this dynamite miraculous ability will come on, to you, come on you, and it'll help you be a witness unto me and then to all of those that are in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Folks, I've got news for you. One of the greatest demonstrations of the Holy Spirit being on you is winning someone to Christ. Do you understand what kind of miracle took place when you snatch a soul out of the kingdom of darkness and translate it into the kingdom of light? I mean, you know, a miracle has just taken place when someone was once blind, but now they see, and the Holy Ghost came on you to lead them out of darkness into his marvelous light. How I many you know there's a great miracle miracle that took place that the Holy Ghost came on you to use you to do something like that. And folks, he called this church to win souls, not to be in here putting on a show for everybody. This is about saving souls as much as it is anything else. All right, let's keep on going here. So now we can clearly see here in both of these texts, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit in both texts. But this time, he's clearly pointing to a different experience. You don't see any key words around salvation in that text. You don't see forever. You don't see eternal life. You don't see any of that. But yet, when we read John chapter 14, you saw forever. You saw all of these eternal statements that demonstrate these are two different experiences. All right? Now, let's keep going. Letter B. Do I have all the Holy Spirit I can ever have at salvation? Do I have all the Holy Spirit I can ever have at salvation? I want to read this misconception. Put that up on the screen. There's a misconception out there that says, I'm a Christian and I already have all, already have the Holy Spirit. So in other words, I've ministered to people about needing something more and they said to me, I already have it. Anybody ever experienced that? Right? You go and you're led to kind of minister to someone about another level, a deeper level, a different experience, and their response is, I actually already have that. Right? And so it's a misconception. Let's put the rest of that statement up there. This is partially true, but let's take a closer look, okay? Let's take a closer look. Now, number one under letter B, the Holy Spirit is present in the new birth to bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. The Holy Spirit is present in the new birth to bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And I don't know about you, I'm so glad to be a child of God. Go with me to Romans chapter 8 and let's read verses 16 and 17. Romans chapter 8 verses 16 and 17 says, You'll notice their uppercase S, the Spirit himself. I think the King James Version says itself, but it's better translated as himself because how I many you know the Holy Spirit is a person? He is the third person of the Godhead. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three persons are God manifested in three different individuals. All right? So now, 
The Spirit himself bears witness. Those two words, bears witness, in the Greek means to testify jointly, to cooperate by concurrent evidence, watch this, with our spirit, lowercase s, s, that we are children of God. Now, in both cases, again, uppercase s, spirit, lowercase s, spirit, are the same Greek word. The Greek word is pneuma, and it means Holy Spirit. But a lot of times the context will also tell you which spirit it's referring to, whether it's the Holy Spirit or our human spirit. Now, I want to make sure you all understand this. You are not a body. This is not you. You are a spirit that lives in a physical body that possesses a soul, a mind, a will, and an emotion. And so what allows you to live forever is because you are a spirit. So what he's saying here is that the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of your spirit. And then it testifies jointly that you are a child of God. You know, some people say something on the inside of me changed. It wasn't something. It was actually the Holy Spirit evicting. Come on, that old worldly demonic stuff and coming in and taking up residence inside of your spirit and making a new home. And then for some reason, you know, I don't know if you went through this, but it seems like my eyes can see differently than what I could see before. It was like something had been lifted. Stuff that I enjoyed, I no longer enjoyed anymore. Come on, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? The stuff that I used to enjoy doing, I couldn't enjoy it anymore because on the inside of me, I was no longer the same. And so the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of our spirit, and then it testifies jointly with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God. Now, I want to help you understand what an heir of God is. An heir is a sharer by lot. It is an inheritor or a possessor. So in other words, when I give my life to Christ, and his spirit comes to live on the inside of me, I am now his child. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to me. Right? It's, you got to see yourself this way. And now I am a possessor of everything that my father already has. It also belongs to me. Which means, my daddy owns everything. My daddy took sickness from me. My daddy took poverty from me. He exchanged it. What did he give me for sickness? He gave me health. Therefore, I have a right as a child of God to be whole. Sickness can attach itself to my body. The weapon can form, but it cannot prosper. Why? Because I am a child of God. Come on, life might hit me. I might lose a job. Come on, somebody. I might hit hard times, but I will not stay there. 
Why? Because I am a child of God, and all things will work together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. Come on, I might be down, but I am not out. Come on, this is not over until God says it's over. Come on, I will rise again because I am a child of God. This belongs to me. I'm a possessor and inheritor of everything that belongs to my father. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why am I out here struggling? Come on, somebody. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Let's stop quoting that. Let's stop confessing that if we're not going to live that. That's what I get when I become his child. There's nothing in my life that taught me this better than on yesterday. Something about, you know, my daughter that she just knows she is her father's child. Now, we had just sat around and said, where do we want to go to eat? The boss said, we want to conserve money. So we don't want to go anywhere expensive because I bought this, I bought that, and we're going to do all this cooking on the holiday. So we picked a conservative spot where everybody can eat. My son, conservative, bacon cheeseburger. My wife, conservative, Cajun tacos. Me, conservative, spinach salad. My daughter, prime rib. Come on, somebody. You know what she was saying? My daddy can buy me anything. Come on, that's my daddy, and he loves me. Folks, he's your daddy, and he loves you, and it is his pleasure to give you the keys to the kingdom. Come on, no good thing will your father withhold from you because he loves you. And guess what, folks? I did not flinch. I did not do anything. It became my heart to give her what it was that she wanted. I didn't make her feel bad for doing that. I didn't talk about her. I didn't make her feel guilty. Come on, somebody. And if I can really be honest with you, it brought more joy to my life providing that prime rib for her than she did eating it. Why? Because a good father loves to give good gifts to his children. And he sent me to tell you today, he is a good father that enjoys giving healing, health, prosperity, come on, victory to his children. So when I become a born-again believer, I become an heir of God and a joint heir. Jesus becomes my brother, a co-heir, a participant in common. Everything that the Father did for Jesus, he will do for me. Everything that the Father desired for Jesus, he desires for me. Jesus knew exactly who he was and who his father was. When they threatened to kill him, he said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. Come on, in another place he said, if I wanted to, I could call a legion of angels. Come on, in another place they were getting ready to take him and throw him over a cliff, and he just smooth walked through the crowd and nobody could touch him. Why? Because he knew 
who his father was. And if God be for you, who cares who comes against you? The greater one is on your side. And if God is on your side, what can man do to you? Stop living below your privileges as a child of God. You are living well below what you deserve as a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I submit to you right now. You are nowhere near walking in everything that your good father has already provided for you. You're not even close because you've got to see yourself as his child. My daughter said, as his child, I have a right to prime rib. Ribeye, same thing that Price is about to say. <laughs> Ribeye. You all get the point here? When are we going to get to a place where we believe our daddy can do anything? When we just going to step out on faith and believe that my father will get me where I believe I'm supposed to go? I want to bring, be real clear here. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Watch this now. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I want to clear something up in here today. We've been doing a lot of lying on Jesus. The type of suffering he's talking about here, folks, look it up in the Greek. It's persecution. He's not talking about suffering with sickness here. We should not be in a hospital talking about I'm identifying with the sufferings of Christ. He didn't suffer that way. He took that from you. You hear this all the time. You hear people going through a tough time, right? Bills can't get paid, struggling, things are tight, and they just say, I'm just identifying with the sufferings of Christ. He counted me worthy to suffer along with him. It's not what he's talking about, folks. I like something I heard Marilyn Hickey say years ago. I want everything he paid for on that Christ cross in my life. So if he paid for my healing and health, I want to walk in health all the days of my life. Come on, that's identifying with him. Come on, I need a little help in here today. Come on, if he became poor so that I can be rich, I want all my bills paid all my life. Come on, somebody. And there's nothing wrong with that because I am a child of God. Now I'm identifying with Christ properly. And if people are talking about me because of it, now I'm suffering with them. Let's stop that. Jesus counted me worthy to lose my house Listen, I don't want to be worthy. <laughs> don't count me worthy then if I got to identify with him by losing my house. Let me tell you what's a better picture. He counted me worthy by paying off my house. You still with me out there? Folks, you have a good father. 
He's not good some of the time. He's good all the time. I just feel like we made the devil mad in here today. All right. And if you'll let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life, he'll confirm everything I'm telling you right now. There are people sitting in this room right now. Only thing you need to do is just shift your vision. Start seeing things through the eyes of your spirit and not your natural eyes. Your natural eyes will see lack. Your spirit will see my God has supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And when you see it that way, I mean, he'll show it to you that way. Now, let's come on down the home stretch here. The Bible calls the new birth experience, number two here, a couple of things here. Letter A, receiving Christ. Folks, when you receive Christ, that's a game changer. There's no way your life is supposed to be the same after receiving Christ. Right? Let's look at a few things here. Go with me to John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12, New King James Version says, But as many as received him, right, salvation, to them he gave the right or the power or the authority to become children of God. Folks, you have a right to be a child of God if you're receiving, which means if you have a right to be a child of God, you have a right to be free in every single area of your life. You have a right to have all of your needs met in every single area of your life. To as many that will believe that, he gives the power, the authority, or the right to become children of God but it's only to those who believe in his name. Let her be here, receiving eternal life. Because I am a spirit, listen very carefully, I never die. When I leave this physical body, I keep living. So don't feel bad for me. I've gone to a far greater place. See, Paul said it this way. I'm in a twix between two. If I stay, it's better for you. But if I go, it's better for me. Folks, I'm excited about eternal life. I'm excited about reuniting with my mother. I can't wait to see my mother again. Now, I'm not in no hurry to get there. She'll be there when I get there after 120 years, should the Lord tarry. But what I'm trying to describe to you is I have no fear of death because I don't die. I just lay down this physical body. My spirit goes on to live forever, right? When the Lord returns with that shout in the air, I mean, he's going to take that dirt and then it's going to come back to my spirit and then I'm going to have what's called a glorified body. And then the scripture says that we will see him and we'll be like him and we'll be as he is, which means when he left, he was about 33 years old. That means we're going to look our best throughout eternity. Come on, somebody. So it doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to come up or come down and we're going to be just like him. We're all going to be right around the same age throughout eternity. Now, I'm 52 right now. I know you all look at I thought he was all 33. I thought he was 33. Can I just have my moment for a moment? Right. Listen, folks, you don't have to fear death at all. 
a lot of times we're trying to climb in the casket when our saved loved ones have gone home to be with the Lord. They're not in that casket. They left on the day they expired out of that body. And folks, there was a heavenly host waiting on them, ushering them into the presence of God. I'm so glad I'm a child of God that gets to live for forever. Anybody else in here glad to be a child of God? So you can live free from death. Don't ever be afraid of flying airplanes. Get on an airplane. People fall down the stairs and die. Ride a roller coaster. Some of y'all laughing because you won't ride one. In a hotel, sleep on the 13th floor. I love to use that example. Every time I go into a hotel, I just laugh so hard because it goes 11th floor, 12th floor, 14th floor. Where, where did the 13th floor go? Is it just suspended in air? So I always like to remind people, if you're staying on the 14th floor, you're on the 13th floor. You know what was removed? Your fear. First John chapter 5, verse 11, music department. And this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life, Zoe, the God kind of life, or the life the way God designed it, is in his son. I believe God is offering somebody sitting in this room an opportunity to come over on the good side and live the life that God always designed for you to live. Come on, it is a good life filled with good things. If it's connected to God, it is good. I like to look at it this way. Look at it this way. If you take the word God, put another O in there, it's good. If you take the word devil and take the D off of there, it's evil. So if it's the devil, it's evil. If it's God, it's good. He's giving you an opportunity today, whether you're for him or you left him and need to come back or just need to get to know him. Don't pass up this beautiful opportunity to live the life that God designed for you to live. Letter C, receiving forgiveness of sins. Acts 26, 18 says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness or obscurity to light. That word darkness there means shadiness. How many of y'all remember when you used to be shady? Come on, am I the only one that used to be shady? Anybody else in here remember when you were shady? When people would even say, a little shady. <laughs> Watch out for so-and-so. A little shady, right? And so I'm so glad that he brought me out of shadiness into his marvelous light. Come on, anybody else in here glad? Come on, I'm so glad that, that he freed me from sin, freed me from fornication, freed me from alcohol, freed me from partying, freed me from pornography. I'm so glad I'm not shady no more. Only way to get over in that light, folks, is you've got to receive him. Look at some other benefits here. From the power, exousia, authority, mastery, influence of Satan. You remember when Satan controlled everything that you did? I remember when I woke up to do wrong. 
Now, I know most of you all don't know what I'm talking about, but I can remember when I woke up to come up with a master sin plan. Right? And then after we laid that one out, the next weekend, how do we take that to the next level? Come on, anybody here know what I'm talking about? You know why? Because Satan had mastery over my life. How I many know you know he has mastery when you call evil good? So he says here, from the mastery or the influence or the power or the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. I've got good news for you. Every sin that you've ever committed has already been forgiven. I don't know about you. I, I'll take that all day long. Past, present, and future. It's already been pardoned. You've already been freed and delivered from it. Then it says, and an inheritance, a heritage, a lot, or a part among those who are sanctified or set apart by faith. So once again, notice faith there is the Greek word pistis. It means trust, total reliance, assurance. And then notice what he says, in me. True Bible faith is in a person, not in things. And when you get the person, all of the things come along with it. I'm putting that before somebody in this room today. Will you receive all of this? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to come live on the inside of you so that you can be a child of the Most High God? Come on, will you allow yourself to walk in the inheritance that he's provided for you? You don't have to struggle through life. He's already paid for everything. Folks, we're not done yet. Don't get satisfied with this building. It's just a tool. There are many other tools out here that we need to reach everyone that he's called us to reach. How many of we thank God for this tool? Let's take a moment to thank God for this tool. But don't get comfortable in here that we don't realize it's a bigger picture. And it's a whole lost and dying world out there that needs to know a good father wants to come in and reverse their situation. So what will you do with this today? Will you allow him to turn you from darkness to light? Will you allow him to remove the authority and the power and mastery of Satan in your life and turn it to his mastery influence in your life? Will you accept the heritage and the inheritance that he's left for you of healing, provision, eternal life? Will you accept that today? Number three, I want to set up where we're going. On the other hand, if you read the book of Acts, you'll notice, and we'll get into this beginning on next week. I'm going to close right here. It's 1159. You'll see all of these terms, right? Because I have to prove to you these are two different experiences. You cannot compare the two. One is at salvation. One is after salvation. You're going to see these terms. People, letter A, people receive the Holy Spirit. Letter B, are filled with the Holy Spirit. Letter C, are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And letter D, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now put that statement up on the board there, last one. You'll notice in all four of these terms that are used in the book of Acts, it's concerning the same experience, and every time this experience comes after a person has already been born again. 
and we're going to look at all of that. I came to tell you today that God is good and the Holy Spirit is powerful. If you are out here struggling, it's because you want to struggle. He ended the struggle over 2,000 years ago. Now the choice is yours today. Will you cooperate with that? He gives you the Holy Spirit to make life easier for you. He'll lead and guide you into all truth. A lot of times you feel like you don't have help, like you're out here on your own. One of his primary responsibilities is to help you. But will you allow him to help you today? Let's all stand to our feet. And as you're standing to your feet, I just want you to begin to worship your good father. If he is your good father today, begin to worship him. The Bible says he goes throughout the entire earth searching to and fro, looking for someone that would worship him in spirit and in truth, looking for someone that he can show himself mighty on their behalf. Why don't you worship him today? That's a good indication of where your heart is. Just begin to worship him. Thank him for being a good father. Thank him for forgiving you of all of your sins. Thank him for meeting all your needs, spirit, soul, and body. Thank him today for giving you eternal life. Come on, child of God, begin to worship your father for who he is, not for what he's done. Come on, worship him right there where you're at. Worship him so you can learn your heart and know your heart and understand your heart. It should be easy for a child of God to worship his Father. Father, I worship you today. I honor you. I glorify you. I magnify you. I appreciate you for being so good in my life, for having all power in your hand, for delivering me from everything that is not like you, from translating me out of darkness and being shady into the kingdom of God and into the kingdom and marvelous light of your dear son. Thank you for giving me Zoe, the God kind of life, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming to live on the inside of me, leading guiding and helping me and just making my life everything that God designed for it to be. Father, I worship you today and I thank you for being a good father in my life. Hallelujah. Now I want you to look up here at me for a moment. That was either easy for you to do or that was a challenge for you to do. <laughs> 